I am so glad you guys are here today. I want to welcome all of our off-site campuses, those connecting over the internet as well. Also, a special shout-out to our Corpus campus, who are you ready for this? Last weekend, baptized 33 people, went public with their faith in Jesus Christ and baptism. Congratulations to you guys. Uh, one of those was this lady. Let me show you her picture. Her name is Nora. She's 71 years young. And do you see the joy in her face as she's identifying with Jesus Christ and what he's done in her heart? And so we just celebrate with all of them. And, and this weekend, the Rockwall campus baptized over 30 people as well. So just the life change is amazing. And it really is neat because baptism reminds us of what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about a savior being born. He died on a cross, he was buried, he rose again. That news should move our hearts to a place of joy where we actually enjoy life. And that's what I want us to talk about today is, how do we enjoy Christmas? Now, that may sound strange to talk about, but the reality is, is there's some of you listening to me, and you're really not looking forward to this season for many different reasons. But whether you are or aren't, the bigger picture is, is how can we live a life of joy as God intended us to? So turning your Bibles to the book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter two, a very familiar story. If you don't have a Bible, there's a place to follow along in your worship guide. Our key verses are there. Also, some places to take notes if you'd like to do that. But as you uh, look at Luke chapter two and, and think about the Christmas story, the reality is, is this season uh, is not enjoyed by some people. You say, well, why wouldn't anyone enjoy Christmas? Well, you've had this fun, merry, bright exterior, don't you? But then underneath Christmas is this darkness. And some people are gonna go through pain and, and problems, and there's some of you who actually uh, even are gonna go through depression this time of year uh, because of various things. Now, speaking of depression, depending on which football team you've been pulling for is the amount of depression that you'll experience. Uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, the depression is really, really great. Uh, UT fans as well. Uh, I can say that because I'm a Cowboys fan who lives in Austin. It's very depressing right now in Austin. That's why I love being here, Rockwall. Uh, but it, whatever you're going through, uh, you can know that the shepherds can relate to depression. They can relate to darkness. Because on this first Christmas, they were in this darkness. They had a dead-end job that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd. Nobody wanted to talk to shepherds uh, because they smelled like sheep. And here they are in this dead-end job working the night shift, and they're the first people reminded that joy has nothing to do with what's going on around you. It has everything to do with what's going on inside of you. So let's pick up the familiar story. Luke chapter two, beginning in verse eight. It says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, and for some of you, this is the phrase you came for today, do not be afraid. Don't let there be fear in your life. I'll bring you good news that will cause, here it is, great joy for all the people. The, one of the great themes of Christmas is joy. Just think about it, one of the songs we sang today is joy to the world. Jesus came to bring us joy. His whole life was about joy and the angels come to these shepherds and say, Christmas is all about good news of great joy. And I want us to talk about that. My goal today is that you will enjoy this Christmas season, but more than that, that you will find joy in life. Did you know that Jesus came to bring us joy not just at Christmas time? Jesus brought joy his entire life. Did you know that Jesus brought joy even before he was born? 
uh, turn over in your Bible is to Luke chapter one, just one page back. And Jesus, in this particular time frame, is actually inside of Mary. Mary's a virgin, she's gonna give birth to Jesus. Jesus is about three months old. Mary goes to see Elizabeth, remember? And Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist. John the Baptist is about six months old inside of Elizabeth. And as soon as Mary, who's carrying Jesus, comes to Elizabeth's home, look at what happens in verse 44 of Luke chapter one. It says, as soon as the sound, Elizabeth tells Mary, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for what? Help me out, what what did she leap for? Joy, there's the word, joy. Christmas is all about joy. Let this sink in, Jesus spread joy before he was born. John the Baptist is six months old before his mom ever lays eyes on him. He finds joy in the presence of Jesus. Now let me just ask this question, moms can only answer this, but can a baby inside your womb leap? Yes, okay, keeps you up at night the last trimester, this happens. So Jesus brings joy even before he was born. Now joy is a great theme of Luke, not just Luke chapter two in the Christmas story, so do this. Go all the way back to the end of this gospel of Luke. Go all the way back to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, let me just show you how joy is all the way through uh, this gospel. See, as you're turning there, let me ask this question. When you see a movie about Jesus, typically, how is Jesus portrayed by the actor? In a, in a movies about Jesus, unfortunately, Jesus is usually not smiling. It's always somber through the whole movie. And he's really serious, and there's no laughter. And he usually looks a little anorexic, too. And let me just tell you, all of that is not true. Jesus was a man's man. He is a carpenter's son. He had four arms to die for. And he also smiled. And he spread joy wherever he went. And the scripture tells us that even when he died on the cross, he endured the cross, scorning its shame for the joy set before him. His whole life was about joy. And he died on the cross, he rose again. And we all know that part, but most may forget that he hung out with his followers for 40 days after his resurrection. Can you imagine that month? That was a month of joy. Jesus being with his followers, eating with them, fellowship with them. And after that, he gets them on the Mount of Olives and he ascends into heaven. And then look at verse 52, the second to the last verse in this chapter of the whole book. It says, then they worship Jesus and they return to Jerusalem with, here's the two words, say it with me, with what? Great joy. Now I want you to actually say it like you have joy, okay? So here we go. So they worship Jesus and return to Jerusalem with what? With what? Joy is what Jesus is all about. From beginning to end, his whole life was about joy. And from beginning, from the moment you meet him until the moment you see him face to face, he wants you to have joy. Now if that's the case, here's my question today. If Jesus came to bring joy and his whole life was about joy and the shepherds in their darkness and pain all of a sudden found joy regardless of how people were treating them or their circumstances, why don't we experience joy more? Why do we look around and it seems like people are struggling to find joy? They've got joy on the Christmas card, they've got joy on the mantle, they've got the words joy lit up in their their yard. But why is it that so many people, it seems like, are trying to find joy? And there's not an, why, why is it that people don't laugh as often as they should? Maybe not smiling during this time of year. If Jesus came to bring joy, why don't we experience it more? And I want us to look together at what I believe are joy busters. And I don't want you to be surprised this time of year that things are gonna surprise you and all of a sudden you don't have joy. What's, what's wrong? What's going on? And we're gonna see together that joy is not what's happening around you. I wanna go ahead and break it to you. If you don't have joy today, it's not because of I-30. <laughs> it's not because of the traffic. 
It's not the economy, it's not the news, even though there's a lot of bad news out there. Joy is something that happens on the inside. Joy is an inside job, and there's things that jump out and surprise us and bust up our joy if we're not careful. For instance, those of you may remember the Christmas movie where Chevy Chase brings in his Christmas tree and his family's all excited and there's joy in the house and everybody's enjoying Christmas and all of a sudden a squirrel jumps out of the Christmas tree and busts up their Christmas season and all of a sudden there's no joy in the house. Let's do two things as we walk up to Christmas. Number one, let's check our Christmas trees for squirrels, okay? Number two, let's check our hearts for joy busters because both of those can steal your joy this time of year. And the scriptures, all the way through the scriptures, you see joy busters, but some of them are actually mentioned in this passage I'll put on the screen that's in your notes. It's 2 Timothy chapter three. And look at what Paul says to watch out for. And the closer you get to the return of Jesus, the more you need to watch out for it. He says, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. And would you say the last four with me? Let's say these together. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, and unforgiving. If you walk through the Christmas season and you're trying to figure out why don't I have joy, it just might be one of these four that I wanna unpack with us together. You see, if you don't have joy, it might be what I call and what Paul calls an ungrateful attitude. He says, if you're ungrateful, it's gonna rob your joy. In other words, if you look around and see what other people have instead of appreciating what God has given you, all of a sudden you can have this tension that becomes ungratitude and that ungratitude can turn to a lack of joy. Now, if we're not careful, Christmas sets us up for this attitude. It shouldn't, but it does, doesn't it? Because you expect to get this certain gift on Christmas. I wanna get this. And if I get this, I'll be happy. And then what happens on Christmas Day? You don't get it. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm not happy. Nothing changed, you just didn't get what you thought and those expectations cause an ungrateful heart. And then to add insult to injury, what always happens? Not only do you not get what you wanted, who gets it? Your best friend, right? All of a sudden they drive up and say, look, my wife gave me a car, awesome. Your friend walks up and says, hey, God, I got an Xbox One. What did you get? I got an Xbox None. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, hey, I got this really cool thing. What did you get? I didn't get anything that was cool like that. But we all know that even if you get the gift you've always wanted and you think it's gonna make you happy, it ends up in a garage sale in two years. Things don't make us happy. And if you live in America, you have more things to be grateful for than anyone else on this planet and we are blessed by God. Don't let an ungrateful attitude Steal your joy. Now here's another one he says. He says unholy. Unholy choices is what I call this one. You see, when you do things, and the word unholy means you miss God's perfection. You don't go God's way. You miss his best for your life. You make a mistake. Now just to make sure we're all together today, by a show of hands, all the campuses, please participate. How many of you guys have ever made a mistake in your life? You made one of these? Yes, thank you for not falling asleep. Okay. We all miss God's best, and I've got great news for you here at Lake Point. We do not wanna beat you up because you're a sinner, because all of us are. We wanna encourage you to live a different life that moves away from the culture and the things of this world and find joy in following God's best. Now, you don't have a lot of choices when it comes to dealing with unholy choices. What do you do with that? You really only have one or two prayers, and let me go ahead and tell you what they are. Here's the first prayer that you can pray. I wouldn't advise it, but you can pray this prayer, and here it is. You probably heard it before. I quote, dear, dear Lord, so far I'm doing all right today. 
I haven't gossiped, lost my temper. Lord, I haven't even been greedy. Lord, I wanna thank you today. I haven't been grumpy, ugly, nasty, selfish, or self-indulgent. Lord, I haven't even whined today. God, I haven't cursed or even eaten chocolate. However, I'm about to get out of bed. So I need a lot of of help after that. You can pray that prayer, it doesn't help a lot. How about we move toward this prayer? Here's another option. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes, Lord. And I just wanna confess that to you that I need a savior. And I wanna thank you for your forgiveness and I just pray that you would forgive me and that I, I want you to know, Lord, I wanna follow you today and help me to live a holy life that reflects your freedom and grace in my heart. That kind of prayer can set you free because when you admit you need a savior, all of a sudden you find forgiveness. When you find forgiveness, your heart is cleansed. When you find cleansing, joy enters your heart. Joy is your strength. And you find the strength to live a different life in the culture and the things of this world. When you pray and turn away from unholy choices. But you see, you may be trying to figure out why you don't have joy today and it just may be that you've never confessed a hidden sin that no one knows about. And it's time today to say, God, I'm a sinner. And it's time today to find somebody you can trust to say, would you help me because I wanna turn from this in my life. But even a double whammy to that is, is when you've done something unholy and then you have guilt about it and you don't do anything with that guilt. Some of you are carrying around guilt from something last weekend, something last month, something 10 years ago. And today, I wanna encourage you to walk out of this place, not with guilt, but with grace. Grace is what Jesus came to give us. Forgiveness unto us, a savior is born, they told the shepherds that night. And you can walk out of here and listen, grace is the highway to joy. Guilt is just a dead end road that keeps you in a circle, making the same unholy choices over and over again and never finding joy. Don't let unholy choices rob your joy anymore. So he says an ungrateful attitude. He says unholy choices. And then he makes this statement without love. And that simply means selfishness and selfish relationships. If you are selfish in your relationships, you are not going to have joy this Christmas season. As a matter of fact, selfishness robs our joy and keeps us from experiencing what the shepherds were told. There's joy, good news of great joy. Now, when it says without love, literally in the original language, it means you don't even show common courtesy. This isn't agape love. This is just showing common courtesy to other people. It literally means to make people objects, where people just become things. People just become means to your end. And I know you may say, well, I would never treat people like objects. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. We've all done this. You know how I know this? Because we drive cars. What happens when you drive a car? You forget that other people are in the cars, right? All of a sudden, it's just a box. And you can yell at that box, and you can treat that box any way you want to, because they're not a person in that box. We treat people on the highway much different than at the grocery store, don't we? If somebody pulls out on aisle five with their grocery cart and kind of bumps into yours, you're like, oh, excuse me. No, no, excuse me. Please, you first. No, you first. What happens to us when we get in cars? Somebody pulls out in front of us, we're like laying on the horn, yelling at them as if they can hear us, you moron, what are you doing? They just turn into an object. You see, I was trying to get out of a parking lot recently and traffic gets really bad Christmas season and and the cars were not letting me in. You know why they weren't letting me in? Because they weren't looking at me. If you look at somebody, you have to acknowledge that they're human. If you don't look at them, you don't have to love them, do you? Don't look, then you don't have to let them in because they're about to waste 10 seconds of our life. They'll get there sooner than we will. 
Now I'm sitting there, no, nobody's letting me in. Finally, this little girl in the back seat of a van looks over at me and she goes, hi. I was like, hi. All of a sudden we make a connection. You're a human and I'm a human. And she's like, hey, I'm like, please, I need to get in, you know? Telling this little girl. You can look at her, she looks up at her mom, she's like, mommy, there's a human. Over here, he wants in. And you can see the mom thinking in her mind. She's like, I should have told her the rules. You never look. <laughs> but she's, you know, she's, I wish I had told her. You never look. And so finally the mom looks over at me as if to say, hello, human being. Please get in front of me and waste 10 seconds of my life right now. I have to love you because I'm looking at you. Let me make you a promise. If you go through this Christmas season and you never look around at the other human beings in your life, and you treat your family and your friends who are close to you, and you don't have kindness or love or compassion, you will not enjoy Christmas. You'll not enjoy life. Selfishness robs us of joy. But he also says this fourth one, he says unforgiveness. I call this an unforgiving heart. There are people who will miss the joy of Christmas because they will not forgive someone for something that happened in the past. And they hold grievances and bitterness in their heart against something that somebody has done to them. And listen, I don't know what someone's done to you. I don't know what's happened and the pain they've caused, but I'm gonna ask you, especially this time of year, can we forgive? Because our Savior has been born to us. Good news of great joy. I actually had a teenager come up to me a couple of weeks ago and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? And I quote, I said, well, how can I pray for you? She said, I quote, well, because my grandmother and my mom aren't getting along and I just found out we have to have two Christmases. Can you imagine this time of year that's supposed to be about forgiveness and joy being about unforgiveness? And I don't know what someone's done to you, and I know this may sound really simplistic and maybe a little bit forward, but I just wanna tell you, whatever someone's done to you, get over it. Let go. You say, well, you don't know what they've done. It was so wrong, and, and they caused pain and hurt. You're, you're right, listen. You may say, well, you don't know what they've done. They were 100% wrong, and I was 100% right, even if you are accurate with that. Unforgiveness is only hurting you. You wanna find joy? Forgive. So look back over these. You've got an ungrateful attitude. You've got unholy choices, selfishness, Unforgiveness, and I want you to identify one of these that you are gonna work on the next couple of weeks walking up to Christmas. One of these that with God's help, you say, Lord, help me work on this. Now please, if you're taking notes, don't reach over and check a box for your neighbor. Don't do that, say, oh, you need to work on now. That's what you need to work on. No, 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 don't do that. This is just for you. Because let me make you a promise, those four joy busters will steal your joy quicker than a squirrel jumping out of a Christmas tree at Christmas time. And you're gonna try to figure out why did I not have joy? And then all of a sudden you're gonna realize, oh wait a minute, these things have robbed that joy. And we all need joy and that's why Jesus came. Joy is so powerful, let me show you this in Nehemiah chapter eight on the screen here. Would you read this with me? Let's say this together. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Did you catch that? Joy is not just a choice you can make. Joy is not just like an attitude you can take or leave. Joy is actually the energy and strength that you need to face whatever is going on in your life. Joy is strength. We see this in the shepherds. The shepherds are working the night shift, the dead-end job, and people do not treat them well. They really have a darkness around the entire first Christmas, and all of a sudden, what changed? These guys didn't even have enough strength to possibly make it through the night without falling asleep 
And now all of a sudden there's this strength, not just to stay awake, but to run all the way to Bethlehem without stopping because they found good news and the only thing that changed was not their job, not the pay, not how people treated them, and it was still dark outside, but there was joy. And that joy brought them strength. And joy is what is gonna help you this Christmas season and allow you to enjoy your life because Jesus came to bring joy. Now, if you look around this time of year and you don't have that joy, look for those joy busters, but let me give you a joy guarantee. I guarantee if you not just know this formula, but you actually apply it to your life, you're gonna find joy no matter what happens this time of year, no matter what's happened in the past, no matter how people treat you this time of year and in your life, you're gonna find joy. I love how practical Christianity is. You ready for this? The J in the word joy is Jesus. If you put Jesus first, you will have joy no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter how people treat you. If you put Jesus first, this is a decision that you can make today. And I'm gonna pray if you've never made this decision that you would make it today because some of you listen to me, you already know this. You've tried everything else. You've tried the, the things, and you've even tried other relationships, but they let you down. Other people leave. But relationship with Jesus, he'll never leave you or forsake you. And what do you say? What do you say this time of year? We don't look under the tree for our joy, but we look to the one who died on a tree for us, who rose again and wants to live in our hearts. Put Jesus first. Now, not just in the first time, but some of us know Christ, but we, he's, he's kind of slid down in priorities. Uh, I, I want you to just, this is awesome. In our townies campus, a guy who is in his 70s actually came to the townies campus recently. His brother found Christ 30 years ago. His brother had been telling him about Jesus and been saying, listen, turn to Christ. His brother was a drug addict and turned to Jesus, got addicted to Jesus, turned from his drugs, and just started making holy choices. And for 30 years told his brother, put Jesus first, put Jesus first. And his brother kept putting him off. Finally, his brother walked into the townies campus, got saved, and two weeks ago, here's Haskell, 73 years old, getting baptized and saying, Jesus is first in my life. Let's give God a hand for that life change. Awesome, love it. I just love that picture because it's joy. He's saying, I found joy. And listen, I don't know, if you are 70 years old or you are seven or anywhere in between, you wanna find joy, put Jesus first. Joy has a name. His name is Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter six on the screen with me. Uh, let's say the first two words together. What are the first two words? Say it with me. Seek first, not second, not put it on your list, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first these things and then everything else will be given to you as well. When the shepherds got the news, they couldn't wait to get to Bethlehem because at that moment, their life was then all about Jesus. Let's get to Jesus. Let's get close to Jesus. It's all about Jesus and they couldn't wait to find out more about Jesus. You see, when you put Jesus first, what are you saying? You're saying, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll give what you want me to give. I will treat them the way you want me to treat them. Jesus, you're first. You say, well, how do I know Jesus is really first? A lot of indicators for that, but here's one of the number one indicators that you can know that Jesus is first in your life, the O in joy, when others are second. When you get close to Jesus, you start caring about the things that Jesus cares about. Do you know who Jesus cares about? Everybody around you. When you put others first, you're showing that Jesus, others second, you're showing that Jesus is first. You know, Christmas sets us up for kind of the, the wrong way to look at things. As a matter of fact, do you remember back when you were a kid? 
Some of you have to remember way back. But anyway, you remember way back when you were a kid. What was Christmas all about when you were a kid? What was it all about? It's all about toys and the presents. It's all about you, right? Christmas is all about you. You get the present, it has your name on it, that's a great present. You get a present that has somebody else's name on it, whatever. It's all about you, what you're gonna open, what you're gonna find, the toys you're gonna get. It's about what you can get. But the older you get, the more mature you get, right? And I know parents can relate to this. But for me, this time of year, I really don't like getting presents as much as I love watching the expression on my kid's face when they get something from me, and all of a sudden I know that that gift brought them joy and met a need in their life, and there was joy in that. The more mature you get, the more you realize what Jesus said is true. It is more blessed, it is more joyful to give than to receive. In the same way in the Christian life, the closer you get to Jesus and the more you grow in your faith, the more you're gonna be concerned about others and putting them first. Philippians chapter two describes the attitude of Jesus, and it says this, I'll put it on the screen for you. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Don't be selfish, remember, that's a joy buster. Rather, in humility, watch this, value others above yourselves. And let me just say, Lake Point, you guys are already getting this. You know that putting others first is where the joy is. As a matter of fact, I could give you a thousand examples of this, the mission and ministry of this church, meeting the needs of other people and bringing joy into their lives through Christ and being the hands and feet of Christ. But let me just give you one example. Did you know that you guys sent presents to Mexico? As a matter of fact, the first wave has already gotten there. And we, we asked you guys about this, didn't put a lot of pressure or tell you a lot about it, but you gave more presents this year than last year, 30% more, Lake Point. You gave over 4,000 gifts to children in Victoria, Mexico that were just flown there this week. Give yourselves a round of applause. That's amazing. Look at that joy. Eight people from Lake Point actually flew down there and said, hey, this isn't my plane, this plane belongs to Jesus. And so you guys actually donated your time and your fuel to get down there, so eight more people are gonna be bringing the rest of those gifts. The first wave made it this week, second wave going. There's something joyful about being a part of that, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's what it's about. Others second. Now let me just be honest with you. I heard this acrostic back when I was a teenager. It's not knowing the acrostic that brings joy, it's actually doing it. And let me just be real honest with you, I struggle with it. Sometimes I just miss the mark and joy just is, just kinda sucked out of my heart and I don't, I'm not an instrument of joy like I should be. But sometimes I do get it right and when I do, it's just all of a sudden I realize, wait a minute, you know what, this is a guarantee, it actually works. For instance, one day, I woke up and I actually had my quiet time, and Jesus, you are first. I put you first in priorities in my life. How can I serve you today? And I knew that I needed to take my teenage daughter to the DMV. Okay, Lord, but only because you're first. <laughs> How many of you guys know the DMV needs some joy? I'm just saying. It's just not a place that's filled with joy. So we go there, and I love the one in Rockwall. Everybody's nice, it's a great size. In Austin, it's like a Costco-sized deal. You walk in, they're like, hello, sir, you're number 148. I'm like, great, what number are you serving? Number 24. <laughs> okay, we're gonna be here a while. You know, and you look around, nobody's smiling. Nobody's happy to be there. There is absolutely no joy. And if you've ever been there, you're gonna be there this Christmas where you get in situations where like, how am I gonna find joy? And I'm looking for it. I'm feeling it kind of not being there in my own heart. Then finally, we get in front of the lady who's helping us. Now, she's professional, but she's not smiling. She's very somber, and she's following the rules. She goes through, and I've already been there once. I already missed a piece of paperwork, you know? So she says, well, sir, you've got everything except you don't have proof of residency. I said, well, no, no, that's what I had that missing last time, but this time I have a water bill. See, I brought you a water bill. She says, well, sir, this water bill is 60 days old, and I need one that's 30 days old. 
I'm like, seriously? She's like, yes. I'm like, I could have moved it, yes. So there's nothing, is it, I feel the joy just zapping out of my heart. I don't care what the acrostic says, Jesus first. I don't care at that moment. But I'm trying to salvage it. I'm like, is there anything I can do? She says, sir, where do you bank? And I could tell she's asked this question before and I told her, she said, that bank's about 10 minutes away. You go there, you get them to print out your statement, bring it back, it'll have your address on there. I'm like, okay, great. She said, but you'll still have to wait in line. Okay, all right, so we go, we go to the bank, and we finally get over there 10 minutes away from the DMV, and there's a Krispy Kreme donut next to the bank. I believe that Krispy Kreme was placed there from the beginning of time. <laughs> I really do. So I told my daughter, I was like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna buy donuts for every worker at the DMV. I get two dozen donuts, 20 bucks, I mean, not, no big deal. Two dozen donuts, my daughter's happy, she's like, this is great, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So we go back and we walk up to the door, true story, on the door there's this huge sign, it's bigger than all the other signs on there and it says, no outside food or drink allowed. My daughter's holding these donuts, she looks at me, I'm like, go put them back in the car, I am not risking not getting a permit for breaking another rule, all right? Let's go put them back in the car. So finally we sit down in front of the same lady and we sit down in front of her, and I said, before she got started, I said, ma'am, I just wanted you to know that we, we were gonna get Krispy Kreme donuts for you and everybody that works here. We got them out in the car, but we saw the sign. We didn't wanna break any other rules. Without breaking a smile, she says to me, go get the donuts. <laughs> so, oh, okay, we'll go get the donuts. We go out in the car, we get the donuts. We hand two dozen donuts to this lady. She still hasn't smiled. She stands up, turns around, and announces to all of her coworkers, we got donuts. Then she disappears and all the other workers disappear as well. Then everybody looks at me and goes, what did you do? Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> About a minute later, all of them come out. They're all smiling. They're all you know, joyful. And, and, and she sits down in front of me. She's smiling. She says, sorry about that. We can't eat out here. We have to eat in the break room. I go, that's all great. And then I look over. She's smiling. My daughter's smiling. Every worker's in there. And all of a sudden, there's this Mood of joy in the whole place. Listen, I don't know how God's gonna let you break through some joy this Christmas, but I promise you, if you put Jesus first, it might not be donuts at the DMV. It might not be a present that goes all the way to Victoria, Mexico. It might be that you go visit a nursing home. It might be that you go feed the homeless. It might be that you give blood. It might be that you write a Christmas card to a military personnel who will not be home because they're protecting your freedom while you're at home with your family. It might be that you spend time with an orphan. It might be that you get a gift for an orphan. It might be that you make a meal for a neighbor down the street that you just heard lost a loved one. It might be so many things there's expressions of, but let me make you this promise today. If you put Jesus first and you put others second, here's the why, you will enjoy this Christmas and you'll enjoy your life. And I'm gonna ask you today, to ask Christ to help you connect with the first Christmas message that breaks through your darkness and pain and difficulty and problems and says there's good news and there's great joy and it's for everybody around you and let it start in your own heart. And I don't know what your burden is today but I wanna close with this verse because it might be why you came. And it's from 1 Peter and I want us to uh, just look at it, I'll put it on the screen and I'll read it to you. It says, cast all your anxiety on Jesus because he cares for you. And so today, would you do that? Would you just lay down your burden and whatever your problem is and whatever your grief is? Would you lay down and say, you know what, God, i just not, not being grateful, I just laid that down. God, I'm gonna lay down this unholy choice and this hidden sin and this guilt and I'm gonna take up hold of grace. God, I'm just gonna lay down my selfishness and help me to serve others this time of year. God, I just wanna lay down my unforgiveness and be forgiving. 
But I wanna make you a promise. If you decide today that you're gonna watch the news less and you're gonna be an instrument of the good news of great joy that is for all people, you will find joy this Christmas and you will enjoy your life. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And in this quiet moment with no one looking around over the internet at every campus today in this room, in this still moment, would you look into your heart and just ask yourself, is there joy there? And you may discover today that the reason why there's not is because you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I just wanna ask you to whisper a prayer of faith, not even out loud, but just say something like this to God. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. That's what Christmas is all about. Then just say, Jesus, I wanna follow you the rest of my life, and I lay down my guilt, and I take hold of grace today. And as you just whisper that prayer, may you discover the joy whose name is Jesus. If you already know Christ, would you just whisper a prayer and say, Jesus, I just wanna put you first again. And I just wanna enjoy this season, but I know I've gotta have you first. Everything else will let me down, but Jesus, you're first. And as we do that, I believe we're gonna spread the joy of Christmas together. Lord, I pray that as you've heard the prayers of every heart, that Lord, we would know that joy is not something that's around us, it's not circumstances, it's not how people treat us, it's something going on inside of us. It's not what is under the tree, it is the one who died on the tree. And I pray, God, that you would find us in these next few weeks not uh, watching the news as much, but being instruments of good news, of great joy that is for all people. And I thank you so much, God, for what you're gonna do through your people who are here and at every campus and over the internet these next few weeks, spreading the joy whose name is Jesus. Father, may right now we think of who we can bring to the Christmas Eve services to experience the joy that we know in Christ. And Lord, thank you, Jesus, for enduring the cross and considering it all joy for us. And so we count it a privilege to leave this place committed to serving you and spreading that joy. We ask all this in your name and all God's people said, amen. Let's give God a hand for his grace and his joy in our lives.